Welcome in, everybody. It is Friday. You know that means it's time to get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. Always a pleasure to speak to this man. You see him probably at every post-fight press conference. If you ever watch the video, he generally asks the first question uh, after all the all the festivities are done. You can follow him on Twitter, MMA Junkie John. I'm talking about John Morgan of MMA Junkie is with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. John, how are you, man? I'm happy to be here as always, brother. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you as always. And uh, where, where are you at right now? You're at uh, you're at a you're not at an MMA event. This was a this was a new event for me. I mean, I just wrapped up at a WWE press conference where they were announcing for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia on October 31st that Cain Velasquez is going to make his debut for the organization, and it's going to be against. Brock Lesnar of all people. So uh, <laughs> bringing back the old rivalry between those two, it was uh, it was a unique experience, man. I had never been to a WWE press conference, but they put on they put on quite a show, and uh, of course it was kind of cool to to see those two guys in, on the stage again. What what is your your take on pro wrestling? People always say, "Oh, Bob, you love MMA, you love boxing, you must love wrestling." I'm like, yeah, no, I I, I don't love it at all. I've never really followed it. I, I'm familiar with some of the names. Where, where are you at with wrestling? It's funny. It's just not on my radar at all. I mean, I enjoyed it when I was a little kid, and I was about seven or eight years old, and uh, you know, realized uh, the, the true competitive nature of it, we'll say. And uh, and, and certainly, you know, just kind of, I lost interest in it at that point. It was kind of funny because a few years later, uh, I saw a movie Tie Bout for the first time, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what a real fight looks like. Um, and through that, I, I actually was exposed to, to MMA early MMA as well. And um, man, that's when my passion really fell, you know, fell for that. And but but I'll tell you what, it's um it being here today, you know, they're they're having an event here this weekend, so we were down on the arena floor where they've got a set up and they've got an end stage. And I gotta say, man, their presentation is top notch, man. It was it it really was kind of, you know, entertaining to a degree. It's just then once the action starts I I kinda lose a little bit of interest. But the the presentation itself, I gotta say, impressive stuff. Yeah, I, I, they're they're not short on spectacle, that's for sure. And it features two guys that have stepped into the octagon, obviously against each other, and in Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez. What does this mean to Velasquez and his career in in terms of the MMA road? Do you do you think he, you expect to see him back in the cage, or do you feel like he's going to look at this and say, "Man, I can make a lot of money and and not take blows." Yeah, I, I, to be honest, he actually said today he's officially closing the chapter on on his MMA career for now. Uh, in fact, admitting that yes, he's going to withdraw from the Usada testing pool, uh, and of course, you know the rules are now that you've got to be in that testing pool for six months. So, uh, you know that means that any time he wants to make a, a return, you know he, he's got to re-enter that pool for at least six months. So you're not going to see any kind of last-second jumps in, into into MMA. So it sounds like you know he's he's putting it on hold for a little while, and uh, you know he seems to be happy doing it. He's only done a handful of wrestling matches, but he seems to have a lot, you know some natural talent for it. Of course, he's an athletic guy. Um, and, and his family uh, definitely seems to be a lot happier that they don't have to watch their, their father and their husband go in for a real fight. So, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, it, it doesn't seem like he's going to fight again anytime soon. Wow. All right. Well, so a little bit of news there. Put the MMA career on hold and go make a bunch of money to follow a script. That'll be good for him, man. Uh, hey, let me let me get your reaction to uh, what we saw last weekend. That was Israel Adesanya taking out Robert Whitaker. I'm not sure how big of a surprise. I'm, I'm curious where you were with Whitaker. I think Whitaker's a great fighter. I don't think he's a special fighter. There's nothing he does in particular where I go, man, this guy is on just a different level. I think he is just a, a gutty, tough, really well-rounded fighter. But I, this is kind of the outcome I expected, maybe a little quicker than I thought. But what, what was your expectation going into that fight? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I kind of feel the same way in the fact that I, I do believe Israel Adesanya is a special talent, man. I mean, just the, the level of striking that he brings. But also, it's just his, his mental conditioning and awareness and just his ability to perform in those you know big moments is, is incredible. And this, this moment was huge. Whitaker, you know, listen, I, I admittedly had said I'm not going to pick against Whitaker anymore after going 10 rounds with Yoel Romero. I, I think the way you used to describe it is exactly right. There's nothing, you know, about him that, that stands out as particularly special. You know, he's not the, the best at anything in the UFC. He's just a really, really, you know, gritty, tough guy. But, you know, now the questions remain, you know, did he have an off night? Was it a time away? Or, you know, did those 10 rounds with Yoel Romero take something out of him that, that he can't get back? So, um, you know, unfortunate night for Robert Whittaker, but amazing night from Israel Adesanya. I mean, biggest crowd in UFC history, 57,000 people. And he comes out dancing? Are you, I mean, are you serious? He's come out with a choreographed <laughs> dance routine in the biggest moment of his and remember watching it unfold, I said, man, if this guy loses, he is never going to hear the end of it. He better win. And uh, sure enough, he went and turned in a phenomenal performance. So, uh, listen, I think Israel Adesanya is an, an absolute superstar. And, and what do you think is is his future? I mean, obviously there's the beef between him and John Jones. They're in different weight divisions and may ultimately stay that way. If he moves up to 205, John may have moved up to heavyweight by, by then. So, should I read a, uh, an article on your site on MMAJunkie.com where his coach wants him to focus not on John Jones but on Stipe Miocic, which is interesting. You're, you're talking a couple of weight divisions. Give me your thoughts on what's, what's in front of him. I like the idea of thinking big. I mean, I really do. Like, I mean, Conor McGregor, remember when he started talking about boxing Floyd Mayweather and we're like, come on, that's never going to happen. And he kind of willed it into existence. I mean, I do like the fact that him and his team – are thinking beyond and thinking outside the box and thinking of the biggest matchups possible. I like that. That said, defend the 185-pound belt. You know, that's the one thing Conor McGregor never did. He never defended titles. And because of that, I think his all-time greatness is kind of left in question. I mean, his run that he had was incredible. But where does he stand all-time? Where does he stand as a pound-for-pound great? I don't know. He never even defended his belt. So, you know, right now, Israel Adesanya has a very, very dangerous, undefeated contender in Paulo Costa sitting right there at 185 pounds you know two undefeated guys going at it for the title would be spectacular there's already been some trash talk between them um you know it does he feel like there's not a lot of big names at 185 right now maybe i mean some people are moving up to 205 but you know this thing with john jones i i guess it's okay to kind of plant the seed and start putting ideas in people's minds to to give yourself options that's never a bad leverage tactic but you know, listen, I, again, defend your belt a couple times first. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful fashion, but that's just why I like to see a champion establish themselves before they start looking at those other challenges. Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I mean, you know, handle your business in your division. John Jones has cleaned out the light heavyweight division. He's still there. Uh, we'll, we'll see what's next for him. But when I when I when you start thinking about that matchup, John, I'm wondering, I, I look at Adesanya, and he's, he's an electric fighter. He's incredibly dynamic. I think he'd be a problem for anybody but I look at his frame. John Jones has a bigger frame. He doesn't have the big, beefy legs, but he's got really broad shoulders. He's just a bigger person. I'd be curious to see if Adesanya could put on that weight and carry it well if he'd function well at 205, much less, you know, his again, his coach talking about skipping the 205 and going up to heavyweight to fight Stipe Miocic. I mean, I, I just don't know if his frame could carry that. Do you, do you see that in him? That would be the biggest concern for me as well. I mean, he's a slender guy, you know, and I think he'd really have to pack on a little bit of muscle. But then you start wondering, you know, 
when you pack on muscle, how does that affect your your, your flexibility, your speed, you know, all, all the things that he does so well. So it, it just starts kind of turning into this really wild equation. You know, talent-wise, absolutely, man. If we're just playing a video game and when we're putting two people against each other, I mean, talent-wise, Israel Adesanya has incredible technique and incredible skills. And, you know, I think he's problematic for anybody because he's so unique. You know, when we talk about Robert Whitaker not doing anything special, Israel Adesanya is all about special. He gives you looks that you've never seen before. So you, it's, it's tough to prepare for him. So, you know, it would be intriguing but that absolutely would be the, the biggest concern. You know, the, the, of course, the wrestling as well, but just the, the overall size. Would be, I think it would be difficult. And then, yeah, we're not even talking about getting into heavyweight at that point. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a real problem. I mean, he would certainly have speed. He would certainly, uh, you know, have the quickness in there, but the power would be uh, very problematic. Yeah, you know, and as we're talking about it, as much as, again, with all due respect to, to Whitaker and what we just said about, yeah, he doesn't. he's not that electric, special athlete i kind of view stipe the same way i think stipe is a tremendous fighter a ton of heart i mean he took a he took a ton of shots against daniel cormier in the rematch and withstood it and came back and knocked him out but he's not he's not a dynamic fighter he's not a guy that's out there just wow what's he going to do next do you how do you how do you view stipe just in terms of his overall game yeah i mean it is it's it, you know listen you know the, the fights with daniel cormier I, I think showed a lot of what Stipe is both capable of and what his shortcomings are as well i mean yeah it, when he's on and he's doing right i mean he is a dangerous boxer but you know that it, that's kind of to me all he brings to it i mean yes he's, he's got a little bit of a chin there was some concern about that but i think he showed that he's okay there um, and he's got certainly power in his hands, but you know I don't think of him as, a, as an overwhelming dominant wrestler. I don't think of him as you know a, a crafty jujitsu technician. I, you know I don't think of him um, as anything other than you know just a, a really really good boxer. Now in the heavyweight division, that, that's the problem is you don't have to be special. <laughs> you don't you don't have to be over the skill. Everybody's got the power to end people's nights with one shot. So you know it, it, you can certainly be effective. That's why it's been so difficult for anybody to put together a long title run. Um, so listen, if, for, if Israel Adesanya was to go up there, who knows? It could be interesting, but just the, the power that's on the table at heavyweight is, is a whole different story. Well, before we we leave the big guys here, what do what do you think's next for John Jones? You, if you follow him on Twitter, he teases that an announcement's coming and that you know something's in the works. Uh, what what do you think is the likely opponent? Who is the likely opponent for him? Yeah, you know, it, to me, there's there's nobody out there right now that just really gets excited, and I think that's the problem. I think it's for John Jones too. I mean, I think throughout his career, he's had a tendency to kind of fight up uh, to challenges and fight down uh, to setbacks as well. So, I mean, listen, there's there's two key fights coming up right now. Of course, uh, next week we've got Dominic Reyes versus Chris Weidman. Uh, more so for Dominic Reyes than for Chris Weidman. I think that could potentially be a, a number one contender type fight. But you also got Corey Anderson versus Johnny Walker, November second. Uh, and Madison Square Garden. That, to me, is exciting, too. Johnny Walker, despite being kind of the new name on the block, I think he has a lot more uh, cachet around him, so to speak, a lot more uh, excitement than, than either Dominic Reyes or Corey Anderson do. I mean, he's, he's big, he's, he's tall, um, he's got the size to match John Jones, and, and he's got this ex- explosive athleticism. He's been racking up quick victories. If Johnny Walker wins on the big stage at Madison Square Garden, even though he's new to the to the division, uh, I, I think he might get some attention from John Jones. Yeah, he he'd be the biggest name. I agree with you on that. I mean, as much as I love Weidman, even if he wins, man, you you can't just win one win. Have one win in your new weight division, say, all right, title fight. I mean, he's a name, yeah. but you know he's he's been stubbing his toe up to this point. So I I, I wouldn't yeah. feel good about him getting that shot. So I, I agree with you on Walker. As far yeah, as I agree, I mean, it'd be nice as Weidman, but you got to do a little bit more. As far as uh, what's coming up this weekend, Joanna Janjacek going up against Michelle Watterson. Is, 
where do you see Young Jacek at this point in her career? I mean, she looked absolutely just she was a monster. She was destroying people. Her her stand up was ridiculous. She just she just looked like a, a a world beater. And then we saw her against Rose, and she got exposed a bit. Obviously, she got taken out. Uh, she's lost a couple times. Does she seem like she's the same fighter to you, or do you feel like maybe she's she's taken a step back in terms of her ability? I think that's the question that we're going to have answered this weekend. I mean, I look. I think she got uh, rattled after the Rose fight. I mean, no no, no question about it. Um, as you said, kind of exposed a little bit. And I think. You know, it, it tore down her psyche a little bit. It tore down her mentality. It tore down some of the aura around her. I mean, she had that kind of intimidating presence. She liked to get up in people's face. You know, the boogie woman, as she liked to say. Uh, <laughs> but, she, you know, she was she was intimidating. She had a little swagger to her, and I think she lost a little bit of that. You know, anytime you see these dominant champions lose, all of a sudden you realize, okay, wait a minute, they are beatable. You know, and I think people saw that. But I, I think and she's kind of talked about it, not real openly, but just kind of alluded to it that, you know, she had some personal problems in her life as well. I think, you know, some of the people around her and the team that she had around her, uh, she had to assess and change and, uh, you know, make some decisions about the, the, the kind of the support that she had and the leadership that she had around her. She feels like she's got that sorted out now. But it's been a weird week. If, if, if people have been following along, you know, there's some reports earlier in the week that she was concerned about missing weight and she was talking about maybe potentially taking a catchweight fight. Uh, Michelle Waterson declined, which is completely understandable because Michelle Waterson – uh, if there was a 105-pound division in the UFC, would fight in it. That's where she fought outside of the UFC. So she's the naturally smaller girl. Um, so to hear that you know, my opponent's going to miss weight for the agreed-upon weight class, totally understand why she didn't take that. Now, it ended up not panning out. Uh, in fact, Yoenia Jacek, who kind of always uses a towel, meaning she has to get completely naked to make weight, basically can't even have her, her uh, you know, minor clothes on there, couldn't even do that. So you know, she, did, she didn't need that this time. She didn't use the towel. So, uh, you know, while she expressed concern she was going to miss weight, she made it even easier, it seems, than she normally does. So um, I, I think a lot of questions, that's what makes this fight so intriguing. I think Joanna should be the better fighter, um, but if she's not, you know, we're, we're going to find out. We're going to see it on Saturday. I think, I think this is a, a big moment. Hey, last one before I let you go. Again, we're speaking with uh, John Morgan here on 710 ESPN Seattle. You can follow him on Twitter, at John is where you can find them. We talked about a, a fight on this card already, UFC 244, coming up November 2nd. The head, the headlining event, the main event, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. I'm excited for this one, and I really don't know which way I'm leaning. I mean, Nate looked like Nate in his last fight. There didn't seem to be any ring rust. He, he kind of does what he does. He takes damage. And and Jorge, you know, we last saw him, you know, starching Ben Askren. Uh, so he couldn't be on a, on, a, on a bigger high than he is. How do you, how do you see this one playing out? Man, I love this fight as well. It's just so fun and, you know, hilarious that they're making a BMF title for yeah. it, you know, actually making a belt. I mean, that's just hilarious that even the UFC is willing to get in and do it. Look, I, I, I think I like Masvidal in this one, but you're absolutely right. I mean, Nate Diaz, I, I picked against him in the last fight. I, I thought the, the, the ring rust was going to be a problem. You know, uh, it wasn't. Uh, man, the, the guy is just a, a natural-born fighter, man. There's no question about it. He made the adjustments, and he proved his, his durability in there. But I feel like Masvidal, you know, the, the guy that's been around, you know, he's a, he's a 15-year overnight superstar, right? I mean, yeah. he's really come out of his shell uh, this year, and I just feel like everything's clicking mentally, physically. I, I just feel like Masvidal has is, is finally hit his stride after all this time. He's dialed in. He's focused. And uh, I, I like Masvidal in this fight, but uh, – Man, I, I think it's going to be a good one, and I am—I am—I cannot wait to get up to New York to cover that fight. Yeah, looking forward to that as well. Hey, John, always appreciate you taking time out. Thanks so much. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at MMA Junkie. John does a great job covering the sport of MMA and apparently wrestling as well. He's out there covering the uh, <laughs> covering Brock Lesnar and Kane Velasquez their press conference. So great stuff from John. We appreciate it, man. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. 
Always a pleasure, brother.